all language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. How are you feeling? Your latest workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a matter of royal to help and heal human beings. Can you imagine what it's like to be an ace pilot? This is your chance to make that dream come true. Woo! All right, hello. Welcome to Star Wars from the Back to Tank. This is the Star Wars Resistance Edition. Hello, David. How are you? How's it going, everyone? All right, so you and I are locking S-foils in attack position so that we can track down and kill Kaz. Setting, setting all our torpedoes ready. If the First Order had a strategy for recruitment, it would be, hey, we get to kill Kaz. I would join the First Order in a heartbeat. Problem is... Now knowing, seeing like Captain Phasma in action, no one could shoot the first order <laughs> apparently. So yeah. I could have there. I could have swore that she was gonna die again, like <laughs> because she, I'm like, well, we know your track record. You're gonna die. <laughs> You're gonna die because that whole platform fell down, and I started laughing. I'm like, oh, this, oh, this is like a, it's like an omen. <laughs> this bitch is dead again. <laughs> She's got nine lives. But Mike, remember, I mean, the cape was still intact, so hey, hey. she's fine. Yeah, she's fine. The cape was beautiful in the wind. <laughs> All right, so we're going to be discussing the mid-season finale of Star Wars Resistance today, titled "Station That a Black," and it is technically episode ten of the season. All right, so the synopsis: When Poe and Kaz find a First Order mining facility, BB-8 discovers the facility isn't so abandoned. All right, this episode was written by Brandon Almond and directed by Sergio Paz. And I got to say, it's cool to see them in the cockpit of the X-Wings this week. I also love hearing all those familiar sound design moments, the computers, the droids, the oh, station the, sounds. The one thing that Star I Wars Resistance it. has gotten right is those little tidbits of sound design their sound design has been fantastic those moments that we've all been accustomed throughout the years of hearing like the sound of the x-wings the sounds of probes the sounds of space i love it i love it and i look like that they never ever change it it just it it it's something it's a it's an element of star wars that never can really change it's it's just a form of consistency and i i love that resistance brings those to the forefront in their episodes Uh, Despite the issues that we do have with some of the writing, there are a lot of good takeaways from this show when it comes to those types of things. Now, this week, we get another episode of The Odd Couple, Poe and Kaz. (laughs) The Odd Couple is one way of putting it. As they stumble around, uh, they submit Kaz's data to General Leia and are sent off on a mission into the unknown region. And we, we should just have a little drum roll there because... The moment they said we're going into the unknown region, I got a little excited because this is an area that for the most part, we don't really know much about, even though this is the new thing of this era of Star Wars. And I really like it that it's the thing of this new era of Star Wars. 
Um, we don't know much about it. We know little things here and there. We know that uh, after the Battle of Jakku, they were able to plot a safe route through the Unknown region that would actually take months to get through. Uh, whereas uh, we know that it was originally now uh, introduced years ago in the Heir to the Empire novel uh, in the audio book. So this is a thing, an idea that they've been playing around with for years and never really explored it. And now when we do get those little tidbits like this week, it does make me excited. It does. I mean, like this whole season, we've been actually been told about the outer outer regions, the unknown space. Those are the elements that basically we've all stated that basically this is where they can go for Star the, Wars. This is the future of Star the Wars. The future of Star Wars. Yeah. The unknown region is, is the future of Star Wars for sure. Absolutely. And we keep hearing of the dangers of this part of the galaxy and how much it was unknown because it wasn't until, like I said, the fall of the Empire that they were able to successfully chart a route. And I'm glad we delved into it this week. Yeah, that's exactly what this show should be doing, taking us, the audience, into areas formerly unexplored, because this is what Rebels and the Clone Wars both did they both did wonders with this aspect for expanding the world of Star Wars. And in order for the show to be relevant, Dave, it will need it will absolutely need to start taking big steps in that direction. Yeah. And I feel like this was that first step this week. Yeah, this was actually a first step because one of the things that basically I really liked about this episode was it explained why all these characters just can't go out into space because like a lot of fans feel like what, what's so hard about going out there and expanding the universe and going out to the outer regions? Why does it make it a big deal? And when you actually, when they actually introduced the fact that they had those beacons, that those little buoys, Mm -hmm. they, it explains why they can't go out there. You know, like it, it, it harkens back to even like the new hope where it has to be mapped. It has to be mapped. Like what yeah. Han Solo said in new hope, you go flying off into the distance. Well, you could end up in an asteroid. You can end up, you know, hyperspacing in into a star. Yeah. What's that flashing? <laughs> What's that flashing? <laughs> yeah. But that's what, yeah. that's why I really dug about that moment when they, when they saw the buoy, when they saw the buoy yeah. and they basically reaffirmed the notion that, Space travel is not as easy as all us fans want to believe because yeah. I know that there's a lot of questions that fans have, you know, you always hear those fans say, Oh, why can't they go find Ezra? It should be really easy. Just go out there into space and find him. It's not that easy when you think about it because they have to follow those buoys or else they'll get lost. Or just like what Han Solo said, you hyperspace right in into a sun. Whoops. Because you can't really tell where, what's going to be out there once you hyperspace or or, or hit uh, uh, hit the hyperdrive. Yeah, a lot of these little things that they're that they're bringing to the forefront now in this uh, last what three four years of Star Wars, both in the books, the comics, and now even in Resistance, the whole idea of hyperspace and, and rather than just making it a simple, Oh, you know, it's hyperspace. We push this button. It basically expands on what you just mentioned. What Han Solo told Luke that there's a little bit more to it than simply pushing a button and going. And, and they also flesh that out even more in solo, a star Wars story with L three being put inside of the millennium Falcon and having to find a safe route out of the, um, the maelstrom, I believe, is what it, is what it was called. Maelstrom. Yeah, yeah, and that that's what made that uh, that in itself makes 
what Han Solo was able to do in the Kessel Run that much more epic. Yeah. Because think about it, he, in, in what they're saying in Solo was Han didn't even use the buoys to get himself out. He used his intuition. And that says a lot about Han Solo as a pilot, that he was able to guide himself without using the hyperspace buoys to get past that fast and cut a shortcut through the Kessel Run. And when you see little tidbits like that, it strengthens. The one thing that Resistance has been good at is strengthening those little tidbits of the Star Wars history. Yeah, and I forgot what comic book it was. And this is why the this element is so interesting to me. I would know if I opened up my shed and dug through my old Star Wars comics. But there was an old Dark Horse series in the 90s uh, called, I want to say the Hyperspace Wars or the golden age of the hyperspace era and it was all about the the new expanse of the galaxy that we would later known be known as the outer rim the core systems and they talked about how the the science of it and how they needed to map the area first and that's why i love that they're bringing that back because to me as a child reading in the 90s those comic books it took an idea as, as simple as hyperspace and made it a little more complicated than that and and I like that they're kind of using those bits of uh, story aspects to kind of create the intrigue of hyperspace travel. Like it turns it into a simple idea. It turns a simple idea into something more uh, complicated, but more interesting. Absolutely, and that, that that's and, what... and realistic, I guess, because like, we're not really you know this isn't thirty forty years ago. Audiences are a little more intelligent, right, Dave? And we want a little more substance to our science rather than oh it's just that's just the way it is and yes star wars will never be star trek where they tried their best to stay within the realities of our science star wars is very different but it's still nice for them to expand on that a bit oh yeah because it harkens back to that human need to be an explorer it's that romantic view of you know like it harkens back to finding something that's unexplored and and making a name a name of it right and that's what of a lot of our the the motivations for our a lot of our heroes to explore the stars the idea of freedom vast open space yes so you're right all right so our heroes this week stumble upon a base that is set for demolition in true first order slash imperial style they are going to destroy any evidence of what atrocities <laughs> they have planned now, Kaz and Poe found that they were mining deadlinite, is what they called it, and it was used to make weapons, or it is used to make weapons. But obviously, the threat is much bigger than that. We, we as an audience, know about Star Killer Base. Which, all right, is this going to lead to the discovery of that base, or is there more going on than what we as an audience already know, Dave? Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think? That this is simply going to be a way to a way for the resistance to find out about Starkiller Base, or do you think it's going to be something else on top of that? Something maybe we don't even know about from the movies. Well, we've already been hinted at since the beginning of the pilot when we got to see Starkiller Base actually under construction. So what I'm thinking is the simple route would be to actually say this is a way of the rebels finding out about Starkiller Base. Mm-hmm. However. Another part of me thinks back to we thought about this the same way of how we saw Rebels, 
when they were talking about um, a secret weapon and everything else, and Thrawn got thrown into there. But we found out that it wasn't a to- it wasn't talking about the Death Star. It was talking about the new Tie Bomber, right? So, oh, that's right from Rebels. From Rebels, right? So, a part of me says the easy route would be to actually say Star Killer Base. Yeah, but now now how the Star Wars story group has kind of like written things in the past. I'm guessing that we're going to get introduced to something else, right? Maybe a new super weapon. Yes, and I feel like that would be the smarter direction to go as well because every show needs to stand on its own. On its own, yeah. And that's why Rebels wasn't a show about what a lot of people always expected or assumed that Star Wars Rebels would end up going directly into the battle of 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 Yavin. Yavin. And that that's what the story was about. It was about connecting those pieces of the puzzle to the ultimate showdown at Yavin base at Yavin four and Filoni's all we've, but we already know that we already know that my story is not about that. My story is about these group of rebels. And yes, there is that bigger picture that we're definitely going to draw, draw connections to, but that's not what my story is about. My story has never been about getting to the battle of Yavin. It's about this group of rebels and what they went through throughout this time period. And that's why it's really the, the biggest question right now for me when we're, we're looking at this episode as this mid-season finale is, all right, what is Resistance going to be about? Is it going to be the easy it, route that, or is it going to be the smart route? And that's the good questions. So that's that's a great point, Dave, because that's the questions they should be asking themselves. They should have asked those questions, which I'm sure they did, before they even started writing because – that's something that we, as an audience, we need to know that as well. And I don't feel like we actually know that. Exactly. Moving yeah. into the mid-season, moving into the, the second half of the season, we, as an audience, still don't really have a a solid idea of what the show is about. If the show is just about finding out about Starkiller Base, then all this show will amount to is is a regurgitated, long-form, subpar version of Rogue One. Yes, they've got to find a way to make the show unique and its own, like we had just mentioned with the Clone Wars and Rebels. Each show started out as one thing and became something entirely different once the writers had figured out exactly what they wanted to do with the show. All right, so want more Star Wars from the Back to Tank? Pledge to our Patreon page and get more. Every month we put out two to four additional shows exclusively for our Patreon subscribers from comic book discussions to retrospective breakdowns on the Clone Wars series and a whole lot more. So head over to patreon.com slash Digital and pledge $5 or more or more or more a month. Gain access. More of David and Mike. <laughs> All right. So yes, Dave, the, the show definitely has to become something different it needs to be able to stand on its on its own yeah it's got to be able to stand on its own feet um i feel like every star wars show that we've done so far that we've seen so far uses what we know from our movies or previous iterations of of star wars to drive the opening elements of their show but then once they've established the connections that they will have they end up doing something very different. Yeah. And resistance, I feel, has to be bigger than simply about Starkiller Base. And that's why, that's why I feel like the 
the discovery of Deadlinite will have to be connected to something maybe not more nefarious or dangerous because Starkiller Base is pretty damn fucking dangerous. That's something different. That's a big thing, but yeah. it could be something maybe a little more subtle and maybe, uh, maybe something relating to Kylo or Snoke, something very, very dangerous, something that we don't know about. Yeah. That'll be, I feel, a lot more interesting of a story rather than just simply leading up to the events of Force Awakens. Yes, we already know that was the pitch, the show being six months prior to The Force Awakens, but okay, what happens after that? That's why the show has to definitely find its own feet so it can go in any direction it needs to go. Yeah, because otherwise it just... It, it the the series itself just amounts to nothing but fluff. Yes, that one hundred percent correct. All right, so what can we expect from the second half of the season, Dave? Hopefully, a lot more resistance type stuff and less on the platform antics. I think you and I can yeah. both agree on that. Uh, there was some mild confusion due to some convoluted convoluted exposition at the end of the episode that could possibly shed some light on things to come for the second half. Uh, they had the evidence, as we had mentioned, that would prove that the First Order was, in fact, growing, was, in fact, a growing threat due exactly. to the mining of Deadlanite. Deadlanite. So where are they going to take the show now that they have the proof? Now, this is where it gets confusing for me because Kaz said it won't matter. If the other senators are like his father, they won't believe the evidence anyways. So then we're kind of in a catch 22. I'm like, all right, well, you just ended the mid season finale <laughs> finding the evidence we need, but it's not going to matter because the senators aren't going to budge. And Kaz, you just shit on everything. <laughs> right. Kaz is shit on the entire episode. But then Leia says that many of the senators make money off this. This, I don't know what that this is. I'm assuming she's alluding to the idea of war for profit and that various senators are in league with the First Order. That's at least what I surmised from the information. Yeah. All of this is just fine. But which is it? Do they not believe of the growing threat or are a few choice senators in the know? And are they manipulating the rest into thinking that the First Order is not a threat. That's why this this particular scene was a basically a toss up for me. I really enjoyed it for one, but then it just made it really frustrating. Just like what you said, very confusing. Okay, is it this or is it this? Yeah. What, what is it? What is, is it? Because like what Kaz says is everyone is so jaded that they don't care about the first order, right? Or is it you know like what Leia says is like oh there's corruption within the Senate. And they're selling weapons to the First Order. And then the biggest question by by that was like, wait a minute, Leia. If this is going on this whole time, you mean to tell me that after the Republic took control, they basically became just as corrupt as the Empire? Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm like, it doesn't make any sense. Come on, where's your checks and balances, New Republic? You, you, what, you fell asleep? Yeah, what did you at fall asleep at the wheel? Did you what not is, learn your lesson from the last mistake of not paying attention to what's going on within the Senate? Does it, wasn't this what Mon Mothma didn't want in the first place? Yeah. Now, you we're mocking it a bit now, but it could work if they're setting up this confusion for a reason. If this is what they're doing, it could work in a big way for the show, especially, Dave. Tell me if you agree. Especially if Kaz's father 
ends up being one of those senators that are working with the First Order. How awesome would that be for his development as a character? Yes. Not only would it turn his world upside down, that that the person he's investigating, Doza, is not the person in league with the First Order, but his own father is. And that could also explain why he calls the Resistance radicals and how he was very upset about his son leaving the New Republic Navy. It would make things really interesting if they go in that direction. And also it would add to the whole idea that his father refuses to accept evidence. Well, if my father, if these senators are like my father, they're not going to care about the evidence. Well, why doesn't your father care about the evidence? Well, probably because he is corrupt and he's manipulating other senators to also look the other way. Yeah. And that would be an awesome story to tell. Can you imagine if they create or flesh out a robust political landscape in this show? It would help with the superficial politics of the new trilogy, and it would put it on par with the with the prequels and the original trilogy when it comes to setting up that political landscape, because that's been my biggest problem with this new trilogy. Um, I, I love what we're doing. It's a lot more personal. I, I feel very intimate. It's a lot of one on one without the the grandiose political landscape. Yeah. But at the same time, we're also in moving into our third movie and we don't really know much at all about the political landscape. And if they're going to use this show to flesh that out. I mean, that not only would that make sense, but it would also be on par with the world of Star Wars. It also would be a lot more relatable because that's the reason why George Lucas's political landscape works so well for the prequels. This is that would be one way to save a character like Kaz, because everyone up to this point has been complaining about Kaz. And they all have a point and Kaz doesn't have a point. And if his point is the fact that they're going to connect him to his corrupt father, who's a senator. How effing amazing yeah, would that be? That would be amazing. You would take a character that at this point, I'm sorry, Kaz is not a lead. He's not he really is interesting. He really isn't. But yeah. if you give him something like an interesting story like that where his character growth comes out of that, mm-hmm. then yes, that would be fantastic. Because that in itself is very Star Wars-like. It's, it harkens to some of the... Basic Star Wars elements in all Star Wars story. The bond between family. You know, you see it with Han Solo and Ben Solo. You see it with Luke and Anakin. You see it with Ezra and his parents. You see it with Ahsoka and her bond between her parental figures and Obi-Wan and Anakin. That's what Ezra's missing is basically that kind of like that bond for an older figure to kind of give him that story growth. And it would work with a lot of the archetypes and themes that we've seen Star Wars use, as you had mentioned, uh, the, the corruption of the patriarch. Yes. That has been such a huge thing, a huge part of Star Wars, even with the relationship between uh, Senator. Oh, Jesus Palpatine, Senator Palpatine and Anakin. I mean, essentially Palpatine became a father figure and teacher to Anakin. That's yeah, why he, he was, was so mentor. right. And that's why it was so easy for him to manipulate Anakin because he was doing it his entire life. So in, in, in a sense, they took that relationship and and built it up as as the corruption of the patriarch. Then we had Luke and his father, the corruption of the patriarch. patriarch. Well, even even the even the, the patriarch, even Han Solo, Han Solo, you could kind of say by Force Awakens was 
kind a of disappointment, disappointment to his son, to his son and, which we still don't understand that part, but yeah, we don't understand. But they that did part, use but that. You yeah. did use that. Yeah, that's why I'm like going. It would make complete sense, and it would do a 180 to that character of it, Kaz. It would work well. It would work well. It would work well. I mean, if they were to turn his father into that corrupt father figure, the corruption of the patriarch again. I mean, that would be. It would take this show up by a hundred. So I'm hoping during winter break that's what they're going to be doing. We work in some yeah. scripts. Finding some new directors, possibly firing uh, Brandon Allman. <laughs> um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Dave, give me your overall thoughts for this episode. Overall thoughts for this episode. It wasn't one of the strongest episodes of Star Wars Resistance. However, it was manageable and it wasn't tolerable. It was tolerable. I would give it a solid C, uh-huh. uh, which it is Good for this series, but for a mid-season finale, it was kind of weak. Uh, but I do say that it does open up questions that could really take the series into a, a really great new area if they were to actually follow through with it. And that, that for me, is the one of the most frustrating parts about Star Wars Resistance. They have a really great knack of introducing these brand new elements that we want to know more about. I want to know more about the Colossus. I want to know more about the side characters like Doza and Tam. I want to know about the, the relationship of Leia and Poe, because that was actually in the forefront too, which I thought was really good in this episode was showing that there is a bit of conflict between at this point between Poe and Leia, because it it harkens back to why Poe doesn't take orders so well. Their dialogue between each other, you could tell that Poe is still that hothead, I'm gonna think for myself type of type of leader, and that doesn't work well with Leia. <laughs> and that actually is a really great moment for me in this episode that kind of strengthened and actually seeing that relationship between Poe and Leia and saying, Oh, okay, this is why in Last Jedi, Leia was really hard on Poe because Poe, at this point, is not a great leader. He basically just thinks for himself. He flies by the seat of his pants, doesn't come up with a, a game plan, takes everything kind of lackadaisical, and doesn't have those qualities of a leader that we are going to hopefully see further in the in the Star Wars movies. In a way, this is a way of us seeing Poe grow as a character. So... Overall, I think that it was a good, it was a okay mid-season finale, uh, mid-season finale. I'm still going to continue. Mid-season fly? Fly. <laughs> what, what are you saying over there? It was a good mid, mid-season finale to yeah. leave me wanting to see where we're going for more. But I'm going to be really critical in the second part of the season. As if we haven't been critical all season? Oh, it's going to ramp up. It's going to ramp up because like. The expectations. Okay, you, we the expect expectations, more. Yeah, I agree. We want more now. Because yeah. you just left a very, very small slice of food out for us to digest. Now we want more, and you better make it good. That's the thing that sucks about my my feeling about resistance right now is like you've gave us all these elements, these great things to look forward to. Are you going to capitalize on it? Because if you don't, you might as well just be like you might as well just be like wasting my time at this point. Yeah, and it's just like what you said. I mean, 
do they take the easy route or they take the smart route? Easy route's going to upset us. I can already tell you right now. They take the easy route when it comes to their writing and say, oh, let's just make it like this because people will expect it. And they don't want to take a gamble and they don't want to take a risk as 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 a writer. That's going to be so disappointing. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, you you uh, said a lot of things that I was thinking. Um, overall, I felt like this was better than Alman's other episodes he had written this year. But I feel like Kaz has officially graduated into Jar Jar Bing status <laughs> with that blaster scene <laughs> where he's juggling the blaster because he lost control of it. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you brought that up earlier because it was kind of like that reminded me so much of Jar Jar. And yeah, Phantom it's just disappointing. And I, I you know what? I'm not going to really harp on it. I've already shared my thoughts on Kaz throughout the last 10 discussions and Scary it hasn't part changed. Is, dude, with Kaz, can you imagine a character this I'll come out and say it this bad. This yeah. bad. Well, this he's he's the worst. Absolute worst character I have ever seen in Star Wars and for no reason. It doesn't ma- it doesn't make sense, but it does seem more and more like it's all intentional, which makes me a little less angry because then it's not bad writing. It's just poor decisions. It's decisions that I feel like they should probably mull over a bit more before executing it. Because these are intentional. Look at the way Poe makes fun of Kaz this week. Look at the way BB-8 constantly rolls over feet. They keep putting him. Look at the way Tam puts him down. Look at the way Yeager just rolls his eyes. If you go back and watch, everything's purposeful. It's not that they're building or purposely forgetting the rules of writing a lead character. They're purposely writing him this way. And I, it makes me wonder why they're choosing to do this. You're, you're cutting the feet out from under our lead and taking away from him by continually turning him into a sideshow, a sideshow act. So I agree with you that, Moving into the second season, the stakes have now risen and they have to adjust the story to accommodate the fact that the stakes have been risen. Um, I also agree with you, Dave, that this was a very weak midseason finale. This is the midseason finale. Yeah. And we got the answer that the first order was a threat. Well, we already knew we already the knew first this. order was a threat. We already knew this. So it was very anticlimactic. It, there was some great space. No, there wasn't even any space battles, were there? No. There wasn't even any fighting. The, the, uh, well, the fighting what? was just basically, you know, like all the fights between. We were expecting a great, there were, there was, fight between Phasma and Poe. I thought we were going to see something with them in the ships, and we didn't even see we didn't them. get that. Yeah. I, That's what I was like a, saying. David, this is a pilot, a fighter pilot show. And they ended the midseason finale without any dogfights. Dogfights. Nothing. Nothing. I, I don't understand what I don't understand what they're doing. I don't get it. I don't understand the decisions they're making for some of these. And honestly, dude, that, this show. those decisions we might be we might be banging on the writing, but at the end of the day, it's the showrunner that basically puts all the stuff together. And that's what it feels like is like it's so disorganized. I don't feel like they know what this show. I feel like they had a plan for this show. Yeah. And it was Filoni's plan. 
Filoni then got the green light from Disney to move ahead with Clone Wars' new season. So he gave the pitch and the concept over to a crew of guys. And he said, hey, this is the idea. And I feel like Filoni had a solid idea because the way he sold it was very cool and exciting. But we haven't even gotten anything that Filoni had hold had hyped up at all so i feel like this show is the forgotten red-headed stepchild that it's just like you know what we've moved on more things were announced so this is the crew that's writing it um and this is what you can do this is what you can't do make sure you stay away from this it feels like it's an afterthought now at this point i mean yeah. the, the show doesn't know what it needs to be or what it should be or what it is this was a, a fighter pilot show right that's how it was sold japanese animation inspired by the world war ii dog fights and and we just we really haven't gotten any of that unfortunately and i can't believe that you don't take the the concept of your show and take it up a notch with an episode like this the mid-season finale this is when you take those elements and you make sure you end on a high note especially since you left it on a cliffhanger in the last one with Doza basically saying, I'm going to make my decision and let you know. And we missed all of that. We yeah. missed all of that. We missed all of the spying. We found out, well, allegedly, that Doza was was formerly an Imperial agent, right? An Imperial yes. officer. Kaz started spying on Doza. Now, I don't know how far we jumped, but according to the episode, Kaz has been spying on Doza and said, hey, here's all the information I have compiled on doza and this is how they found out about the mining facility right yeah okay we didn't even get to see any of that we okay so this is a fighter pilot show and a spy show apparently and yet we didn't even see any of that we, they we didn't see past any it. spy stuff at all yeah so maybe they skip past it intentionally because maybe they are moving out of that direction and, and trying to reassess what the show should be Right. Maybe yeah. that's what they're doing. Maybe that's why they jumped forward and moved us into this territory. We'll see. I am curious to see what they do during the second half. Now that they kind of kick that door open a bit. Right. Yeah. All right. So thank you, David. And uh, if anybody misses any part of this broadcast, please find us on Stitcher and iTunes as well as Google Play. Just search Star Wars from the back to tank. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. And may the force be with us. Hello, this is Stormtrooper